0: Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. I'm inside your brain right now. This episode of the Old Green Plane Podcast is brought to you by Silverhawk Aviation. Since 1991, Silverhawk Aviation, located right here in Blast Furnace, Lincoln, Nebraska, has brought customers the absolute best experience for charter flyers all over the Midwest and even beyond the Midwest. From a full lineup of Cessna Citation jets to King Air turboprops, Silverhawk Aviation gives you the freedom to fly where you want, when you want. Travel in total privacy while you avoid those inconvenient long drives and even weirder and longer lines. And not only do they provide the best-in-class charter experience, but Silverhawk is also a trusted services provider for all you pilots out there. From quick turns where you need to get in, fuel up, and get out, to FAA-certified maintenance and the best-in-class avionic upgrades, repairs, and maintenance. Silverhawk Aviation is something for all you fly boys and fly girls out there, and I don't mean like Paul Abdul fly girls back in the day, 1991, 92, on In Living Color. I'm talking about those of you that have certified pilot licenses and like to go up in the air and scare the rest of us out of their goddamn minds. <laughs> I love it though; it's amazing. I get scared though, too easily, and so you can get not scared and be comfortable at Silverhawk Aviation. That's silverhawkaviation.com. Again, silverhawkaviation.com. And our second sponsor, because people want to be around us, which I'm surprised. I couldn't believe it. I'm surprised you're listening. Um, <laughs> but Flight Flicks. Flight Flicks. You wondering what FAA approved cameras and aircraft mounts you can have on your airplane? That's right. You can have aircraft, airplane type of cameras and mounts, GoPros like we do so you can film those amazing loop de loops you guys all probably do in barrel rolls or just flying in an amazing scenery unbelievable stuff from the flying cowboys i see unbelievable videos and we're excited because now with the flight flicks gear inside of old 62 tango we're going to capture some amazing footage so with flight flicks any application on any craft their team of mechanics experienced pilots and engineers will work with you to find a solution Ask FlightFlix about their certified and FAA-friendly and safe, which I like that word, solution. That's FlightFlix. You can check them out at FlightFlix.net. Again, that's FlightFlix, F-L-I-X, dot net. How cool is that stuff, though? I mean, seriously, some of the footage I catch or see from uh, some of those that we follow and we uh, interact with a little bit out there on the old internets, uh, it's really amazing, and I am a sucker for an amazing view, which I just love. That's why I love getting up an old 6-2 tango with Colin and doing all this. Um, beyond the amazing people we get to meet um, and have met and will meet, um, it's just getting to see the world from a different perspective, and I mean that in all seriousness. Okay, this episode of the Old Green Plain Podcast, we have on Nicole Fisher. Now, Nicole is a uh, blue check certified uh, for you Twitter people out there, but she's a Forbes writer. She's also the Founder and Head of Health and Human Rights Strategies, that's HHR Strategies. Uh, and they are out there to work uh, you know, with governmental agencies, nonprofits, uh, thought leaders, and just to help and improve overall health outcomes and justice, the entire world. And our conversation was so unique and amazing because I was able to see uh, you know, uh, a little bit into what she studies on a daily, daily basis beyond just what uh, we might get a read from her Forbes articles. Uh, although I knew Nicole before really getting into her work, once I started to get into her work, I started to now, and I'm a regular reader of her stuff on Forbes, because, uh, well, I'm a little bit of a, you can imagine, a little bit of a freak out artist. <laughs> I'm aware of stuff, I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any means, but I definitely pay attention and I definitely like to look ahead. I'm a futurist, and some of the stuff she works on when she works on articles about antimicrobial uh, research and, and their resistance specifically, and how we, uh, well, you know, a lot of us stand to, uh, you know, be at the hands of a lot of really angry bacteria[s] out there if we don't change some of our ways. And she is an amazing writer and an amazing, uh, uh, just a, a maven, <laughs> which we get into, uh, because you just get to see her perspective and the work and the research she does. You get to hear about that, but then also you get to hear this passion. So when you put all those together. Someone who genuinely wants to connect people and bring people this information and then who has an incredible work ethic and actually researches and sees both sides of the coin, by the way, incredibly well-reserved as a journalist, which I respect, and then on top of it is actually passionate about this stuff. The combination is, is really great and you get to hear that on the podcast. What you also get to hear is us uh, being on a phone. Now I was here at the Amped uh, Podcast, Old Green Plain Studios, but uh, uh, she was away. She had to. She lives full time in DC, so we had to record this via phone. So I apologize; the quality isn't perfect. But what I'm glad you get to do is listen on this conversation, because I hope out of this, which is a little bit different from some of our podcasts, we'll do where we actually take a deeper dive into issues, get to know some of the issues she's talking about, which. I think we'll be a theme of this show ongoing, but when I when I think of this episode and why you might be interested in it, it's because well, we all want clean water. We all want to wash our hands and then go and cook food for our family not to worry if I'm going to get them sick. Or we want to make sure that we can stay healthier and live longer and happier lives. And she is at the forefront of those issues across the entire globe. And her perspective is pretty fucking amazing. So I'm going to shut up and i'm gonna let this episode do the work so without further ado here's the old green Plain podcast with our guest nicole fisher See that's how easy it is yeah. to turn on a podcast Nicole. And, and now oh, the millions of people that will listen they'll, they'll know that this is real. Um so we we shot the episode it seems like f- forever ago but I think it was only a month ago that you were back here in Lincoln Nebraska. Yeah. Right? Is yeah. that about right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay so I have the, the the question that I was thinking of all right you get done we ate here. Uh, we ate burgers locally at Honest Abe's. <laughs> we get done. We had flown all day, or at least half the day. We will get into the flight and some of your some of the thoughts. But I'm really interested. You, 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 going back to the hotel. The first thing you tell Will. The first thing you think in your head after you got done. What was it? Be honest.
1: Um. Holy shit. Why like <laughs> Yeah, I
0: think
1: it was. <laughs> why I
0: come to Lincoln, Nebraska? Like,
1: it was, it was, no, it's not actually Nebraska. It was more like I had been in a tiny plane before, but I was a kid and I had yeah. no say and no choice. And I trust Colin completely. But yeah, there was still that little bit of like um, high tense uh, energy. They hadn't quite shaken and it was just like holy shit that happened. And <laughs> I I've been in a lot of weird scenarios in my life. And very, very few times in my life have I asked for a puke bag. To so the fact that I even and I did forgot Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't need it. I mean it was like a plastic it was like a CDF like plastic bag. But anyway, you know, it wasn't um, necessary, it wasn't needed. But the fact that I even prefaced the conversation and the takeoff was like, "Is there one just in case?" That really uh, spoke to me about how um, <clears throat> kind of rattled. Yeah, I was. Yeah, which yeah, is very unusual for me.
2: <laughs> well, and we
0: we didn't we didn't do a good job of like easing or assuaging your fears because. We head no. out to tax. No, we, we get rid for those who haven't seen. Well, you won't have seen yet. This, the podcast will come out before the episode, right? So those who are listening oh, to okay. this, well, then, yeah, and it's great because they get to see kind of behind the scenes and then they'll see it. They'll see this. Well, I, I've i seen the first cut of some of it and Levy assures me that this part is gold. But basically what happens is, is that we're taxing out to actually take off and then Colin, our pilot, realizes oh, shit, we don't have the thing that you record a show with, which is, you know, <laughs> your, your sound card or your okay. audio video card. And and now we have you to... You have
1: re- to back up.
0: Okay. okay, did I forget? What else did what? I okay. You have
1: to back up that that happened. But before that even happened, before we even got in the plane, we came out and as we were walking towards the plane, Colin had, like... <laughs> Isn't it called an Allen wrench? Is that what that little yes, thing called? Like he put yes. together IKEA furniture? He right. had one of those in his hand and was like, oh, I had to fix something.
3: He, yeah, and he like, had
1: huh. what I put together IKEA with in his <laughs> hand. It was like, I had to fix something on the plane, guys. Don't worry about it. And so I was already like, oh, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. And then yeah. we get screws. all ramped yeah. up. Yeah, he had screws in his hand. He had one. I think yeah. it was a singular screw yeah. in his hand. Right. a little an Allen wrench. And then... All of this, and I'm like, well, that screw is supposed to go somewhere, and he throws it in a glove compartment, like it's, nah, don't worry about it.
2: I and forgot then, about and
1: that. And then we start to take off, and that's when he's like, oh wait, we forgot the memory yeah. card or yeah. whatever you. Call it.
2: That's what it and was. was right. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, this is really not like you know. I kind of believe sometimes in like God moments, and I was like, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> this is a sign right here that this is not <laughs> supposed to happen today. <laughs>
0: Yes, we're supposed to not go, and I, well, and I listen, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking the same thing, because I'm sensing your fear, I have my own, like, I, you know, as much as I've flown with them, I'm not, I'm not there yet, right, and you fly way more than myself, or Colin, even as a pilot, so you're (laughs) definitely a pro, so for you to react that way, and then in the moment, all that to happen, I forgot about the Allen wrench, oh my goodness, yeah, I, I remember thinking to myself, (laughs) is this what we're fixing this fucking plane with, this Ikea furniture, <laughs> hardware? Like, you got to be kidding me. Um, well, you, you know, the crazy part is is that after we two, we're getting ready to shoot our next episode after you, which was maybe a week later, and the plane goes in for a routine maintenance check, and they find uh, metal shavings in the oil. And so what was happening was, is that the, really? the pistons were grinding. I didn't need to know that. You did well, listen, you're fine. It's good now. I didn't know that. Ah, well, I'm
1: fine now. I'm just, I didn't need to do <laughs> right. that.
0: Well, right. was, well, you know, I'm, an, I'm trying to be transparent, Nicole, you know, in the effort of a good you. story. Well, I, good I
1: overrode all my rationale and senses, and I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. I'm not yeah. going to be that girl. In fact, it was the first girl. So I'm like, look, I'm the yeah. first woman on the show. I'm not going to back out. I've got this. Not I just want to make sure there's a puke bag.
0: <laughs> you, you were so, you were prepared you got the aviators looked right you ended up or well, you were perfect and, and yeah, you were right
2: those right. sunglasses I
0: well you know it's good cuz it's we thought to ourselves like these are uh, these are the things that are that we are going to remember but i think your take on them is far far better far more interesting because i had a the the flight was great we headed over to nebraska city we got to see the flooding um we talked about a ton of stuff i mean You know, for those who don't know you, your background. Obviously, you're a writer for Forbes, um, and you talk about all things. We talk about a lot of different things, but your your main focus is in in around healthcare. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that uh, I saw that during the episode, and getting to know you better, and actually finally meeting you in person. But then, you know, taking all this information, knowing you before, and then that episode and afterwards, I I have I have a thought. Can I share it with you? About you and I yeah. think.
2: Oh no! You, yeah. Well, yeah. I think <laughs>
0: if, if what you do for us is uh, in, for society, and the role that you have, the job that you take on as a writer. Have you? You're familiar, obviously, with Malcolm Gladwell, right? I am. And you? Did you ever read read a Tipping Points, his book? I have. Yeah. Okay. So in there, you'll remember if you recall, he has he breaks people into three groups: connectors, salespeople. And the last one is a maven. Nicole, I don't know a better person that fits the bill of maven. Now, you're many things, right? But mavens, in short, as hmm. Mal- Malcolm describes it, are people who find out the things that are going on in the world. And, and in some cases, like a canary in a coal mine, or in some cases, uh, hey, this is really cool, kind of check this out. Whatever it is, they're out there. The mavens are out there searching their world for information and things that the rest of us need to know. And I think that's what you do so uniquely and so well. So I have to know how interesting is how much should we be scared about North Korea weaponizing tuberculosis <laughs> and actually putting it in a <laughs> nuclear bomb and sending what? it over here? Because you're out there before us. You're out there. So tell me, do we need to?
1: Oh, uh, that's about funny.
0: That? Okay. Well,
1: first, uh, I will take it as a compliment. Thank you. I've always thought of myself as a connector because that to me is, in fact, I emceed this women in entrepreneurship thing not too long ago. And I had to write down three words to describe me and, and connector was the first word mm. uh, because
2: I see that no too, greater
1: pleasure it. than like taking a person and being like, Oh my gosh, you have to meet so-and-so and knowing that when you put one and one together, it's going to make 50, you're going to do yeah. something super amazing, change the world. Yeah. So I, um I appreciate that because I always, assumed I was a connector. I never thought of myself as smart enough to be an actual, yeah. like, maven. So thank you. Uh, but I'm super curious, uh, to your point. So uh, I do love, I don't consider myself a writer first and foremost, um, but I love learning and I feel as though my and maybe it's back to that word connector, I'm not quite sure, but I feel as though at least right now and for the last few years, my place in uh, global health and human rights and all these these issues I work in in, in policy and healthcare is really getting information to people. And I mm-hmm. will do that in whatever forum or medium is given to me. And yeah. so um you ask for like North Korea, you know, and I I, I have no problem writing for or speaking on, you know, a right-wing show, a left-wing show, a super, you know, middle of the road, and it's not that when I, I write or I go on air, it's it's not about I agree with anything and everything this place says. In fact, I honestly most of them have no idea what yeah. what they talk about otherwise because I'm too busy living in my little world. But I'm like, I don't care who you are. If you're going to ask me questions about like vaccinations or tuberculosis or you know whatever, I, I, in the most honest and authentic way I know how, will answer the question, and I'll try to communicate it to your audience. And so, Mm -hmm. to me, I, you know, I, I do have I'm a human, so I have ideas about politics and things. But, and I live in D.C., so I can't help it, right? Like it's around me twenty-four-seven. Yes. At the same time, um. I'm always thinking about policy as opposed to politics. And so when you pose a question like North Korea, that one's tough because, you know, policy, diplomacy, to me, healthcare is everything. I guess that's the frame people need to know first. It is everything. It is where you live. It's who you live with. It's how you feel. It's what you eat. It's how you get to work. It's what your job is. I mean, literally the whole world around you and how you interact with it, right. that is your health. It's not insurance. And that in D.C. is what we debate all the time, which is why I left government you know, several years ago, many years ago, um, because I was tired of debating insurance reform. What that is is like literally a bunch of people who have really good health care debating what piece of paper you're entitled to that tells you who you can talk to, and if you can talk to them, how much you're going to pay for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so to me, that's not really healthcare. It's more like, do you live in a safe house? Are your children safe? Are they eating food, right? Do they have clean right. water? Right. And, and they sound like crazy basic human rights, but I mean, look at places, you know, now we know in South Carolina public schools, they don't have clean water. We know in Michigan, right. they don't have clean water. So you look at the big, broader, scary things like bioterrorism, and <laughs> and I really think it's the future. I, I do, because yeah. are, are nukes terrifying? Yes, they are. Could someone, say a North Korean, right? could someone land in Chicago, center of the country, and, and drop a vial of something and just keep walking, walk right in or out of the airport? Right. Not even go through security, right? You don't even have to go through security. You just pull up to the airport, walk through the ticketing gate, walk right back out. And all of a sudden, right, anyone who was around breathed it in. And and you mentioned like tuberculosis, which is air, right? It's human to human transmission via air. It's something that could just easily then get on hundreds, if not thousands of planes and end up all over the place. And to me, that is far more terrifying than a single nuke.
0: Without um, a doubt.
2: Yeah, it is. When and, I read, and you, go ahead.
1: <laughs> I and mean, if you think like, you look to like bacteria, viruses, they existed long before we did. And, and it doesn't matter religiously, you know, sort of where you fall on these things about evolution or who did what and what. I mean, we know that things existed before us and that includes um, you know viruses and bacteria yeah. and fungus. And I have a feeling they're going to outlast us. And (laughs) so (laughs) for me, it's really, uh, I don't don't fear constantly. I don't live in fear. But I think we get hung up on a lot of the wrong things. And I think when we don't provide our children with like clean water or an education, you know, we're setting ourselves up for pretty epic failure to begin with. So um, yeah, do I think nukes and and tuberculosis are equally scary yeah right i wouldn't i wouldn't single out north korea
0: (laughs) well no i don't mean it is i i didn't really take i think it was you were well you had another article not too long before that about uh antimicrobial resistance right and i (laughs) you really
1: like hone in on the like
0: happy things don't you (laughs) well well actually so my question if i'm to back up my question to you as I think what it's interesting to me, uh, you know, when okay, so always trying to tie back to this is a podcast that people find because they might be pilots or they might be interested in travel or food. So then all for us all of a sudden to be talking about okay. nuclear yeah. weapons and TV, I would wonder something like what the it's hell? How am I the it's no, all, all the same? No, all those diagrams overlap. thank you. I know you get it. And I think so where I where I'm interested in sussing out, at least with you as our guest, is you know, because I, I want to get into the actual topics and the policy side of things, or the actual, you know, like, I, I want to talk about antimicrobial, micro- I can never say that, my mom would kill me as a nurse, uh, microbial resistance, I want to talk about that with you, but right now, when you orient, okay. when you orient yourself, so you start with the backdrop of, you know, uh, healthcare and the as a the most basic of human rights, right? So that's what you, you firmly place your foundation upon. But when you then look about what you want to write about or what you choose to write about or what you choose to tell or connect or maven for us, the rest of us, the dolts that walk around completely unaware that this, um, you know, anti micro wash that, you know, President Trump, you literally can't shake a hand without using that. That's the first thing he asks, you know, his Secret Service body man or a woman, I don't know if it's a man or woman, but ask them, hey, I need this stuff, right? So if that's now stopping, if that's now stopping and not working the way it's supposed to, what the question I have is, thank you for telling us about this, but how did you even orient yourself to find that? Like how do you, what's your true north with what you want to write about and talk about? I know it's healthcare, but dig into that more for me.
1: Sure, so you you said something at the beginning of that, which is healthcare and human rights. And, and that is a really, especially as, and I assume most listeners, I don't know for sure, but are American. And so we are really weird, and I mean that in a good way, but uh, we're weird in the way we look at health very differently than a lot of other places, and I am not advocating for any perspective here. It's why I actually named this company I started many years ago Health and Human Rights
2: Strategies. Uh. Yeah.
1: And my whole point, my whole purpose and point of the and is that to be healthy, a lot of basic human rights need to be met. And so here in the US, in the last two elections, we have turned it into this, you know, the whole world, I would almost argue, but certainly here has become this extreme, right? So it's either you're socialist or you're free market and there's no middle ground. And so people, uh, especially going into the 2020 election, we're constantly hearing now health is. A human right and so again you know i don't advocate for any one side or the other but it's very interesting to think about that discussion because how do you guarantee someone's health when Some people are born with certain genetic dispositions other people right so it's right. really really interesting to hear um that as a platform and then to hear the other side saying like it's about you know access but we're going to limit access so it's, it's goofy. So anyway, I, mm-hmm. I just want to be very clarifying in that um, we are not a firm and I am not a person who goes out and makes signs and lobbies Congress saying we need a socialist system. It's more, I want to fix everything in the system. I want houses that we know to not have or have, you know, lead in the pipe. Right, Kids right. who don't or have or access to books or okay. kids who don't, you know, don't eat and, you yeah. know, those sorts of things because your brain development, my background is neuroscience. So, for me, it's really about how your brain processes everything. If it's not healthy and functioning, nothing else matters. Nothing physically matters if your brain doesn't work. So, sorry, yeah, it was a bit of a going back to your, your first point there. But um, the I don't question, know, right? do, well, you guys, how do we, How do I choose what I write about? I don't know. Like, I get you're, obsessed with things, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, and I like big problems.
2: I like yeah, okay. really,
1: really big okay.
2: problems. I love this. That's it. So you You mean.
1: mentioned like tuberculosis, right? Like yeah. TB, I think at one point in the last, I'm not kidding you, like in the last like five years, like up to a third of the world population has had TB. And this gets back to my point about like as Americans, we're really funny. Like we're weird in the sense that we are so removed from what I would call the real world that we don't think about things like anyone else. Um, I'm actually working on a series it was supposed to be a piece and I, I did a teeny tiny like three minute youtube video on uh, vaccinations uh, oh. be straightforward that was a horrible idea first of all you <laughs> should never just like hashtag vaccines and assume oh, it's boy. gonna just like uh, right just yeah. be a, a no like yeah. conflict thing anyway lesson learned but yeah. what came out of it is I realized people don't understand um a lot. And I don't say that in a patronizing Like The things that were given back were just baffling to me. And so I decided, okay, there's a whole thing in here I need to focus on. And it turned into this multi-part series. And it led to this four-part series I'm now working on about Ebola. Wow. <laughs> really because these are big, big problems. And people here hear. So much misinformation and I, I'll be very honest with you I do not know how to break above the noise and we live in a space where I am very very pro um, the idea that you can go and start your own blog uh, if you live you know in a place with free sort of internet access yep. you can you know go to medium and have a whole space where you you know curate what you believe in and what you think at the same time, it's also really terrifying that anyone who has a thought can put it out to the world. And then as like a parent, you have to want sort through this stuff. And so when I tackle problems, and I, and I don't get paid a lot to write. Uh, writers don't get paid nearly enough. That's why. Hmm. I assume it's like photography. I feel like photographers probably don't get paid. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the, point, <laughs> the point ultimately is, I don't write because I get paid to do it. I take up things that are big, and when I
2: realize
1: how much misinformation is out there and or I go in a rabbit hole of like, holy shit, I had no idea a third of the world's population has dealt with this, people don't know that, right?
0: Yes, Um, without a doubt.
1: That's exactly where I get lost. And if I get lost, I do my best to get thoughts down in a succinct way. Now, like I said, the vaccine one, I've turned it into a four-part series, and it hasn't come out yet, but it's because there's a lot packed in there, and, and I've looked at a bunch of data,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: I've worked in probably almost 50 countries, I think, at this point, point. and in over the last five years, um, I want to say it's Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, and is it Cupertino i asking you, like you
0: know, but yeah. well, the that's right, sorry. know know what that is. That's uh you know an well, old iPhone. So <laughs> that's the it's, uh, Apple so, but
1: it's, it's these areas where there are a lot of very affluent people. My mm-hmm. point in saying that is the data shows their vaccination rates are as low as countries like Chad and South mm-hmm. Sudan. Now wow. South Sudan the newest country in the world has the lowest literacy rate in the world it has been tied up in civil war and genocide forever
2: right right now and
1: we have our most affluent counties or districts and our vaccination rates in those places look like the lowest literacy rate in the world yeah wow that to me is baffling. And that's what I mean by like as Americans, we live in this very weird space where I think we are actually so far removed from a lot of real public health, global Mm -hmm. health, that we, we lose sight of sometimes reality. Like people are having children and they don't know what polio is like. They don't know what malaria, meningitis, right? Yeah. (laughs) Measles,
0: you know, is, is life. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and then you hear, like, oh, it can be cured with this. And the example I gave, and maybe we talked about this uh, in the um, Honest AIDS, but I was talking to one of my friends. I feel like I talked to her like three days before we did the the (laughs) flight. So maybe Uh we did. But but she said something to me like, well, if my kid gets, uh, at that point, we were talking about measles. And you know, well, if if they actually got measles, like, I'd just take them to the doctor. And he said, oh, honey, like, that's mm. crazy to me because yeah. you wouldn't teach your kid to not, like, you wouldn't skip the conversation about burning down the house and how fireworks because right. you you thought, like, you know what? If they burn the house down, we'll call a contractor. it's Not a big <laughs> deal.
3: <laughs> right, right, right?
1: Right. You, right. And to me, that is the exact same argument that's being made about, like, you know what? If our kid gets polio or measles, like, we'll call a doctor and they'll fix it. That's yeah. really a not how it works, and B, like it defeats the entire purpose of, exactly. of prevention and care. And you've not really seen these things in action. There's a reason there are diseases we tried to eradicate.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and I was going to ask, isn't this ulti- I mean, also, it was we're trying to eradicate so that we could then focus on things that needed effort to actually. So, like Ebola, you bring up Ebola. We have, we, you know, I imagine that you, we are healthcare pros and the researchers that are out there on the front line, you know, finding new vaccinations for the newest, you know, most resistant of viruses or things like Ebola that we should be spending time on. Now that we're having to sort of double back and spend time on educating the public on the value of, you know, measles, the MMR shot. To me, seems like we're going backwards a little bit. Duh, right? Obviously, like we're now fighting just the information battle. So you're at the front lines of that. So, for instance, someone reads your four part ser- uh, series on vaccinations. Is it your goal then? And I don't mean this from the standpoint of like why do you choose to write? Is it do you want to convince people? You mentioned before you're curious. Mm-hmm. You you want to present things in a you know in a fairly unbiased way with facts and figures leading the way. But when they read this, when they get done reading this. Is it your hope for maybe potentially that parent in Cupertino uh, who is reading on some weird, you know, four chan channel about you know anti you know vaccination <laughs> stuff? And it's deep. It's scary it's deep. If anybody wants those to those rabbit
1: see, holes um, are very
0: deep. Wow. But maybe you reach that person. Uh, what do you hope they do? Is it that they then think, okay, now I'm curious and I want to learn more about this thing called? Vaccinations, or like, what is the what is the hope there? And it, it ties to my bigger question of your role in 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 our society, really, as as uh, the job in, that you do.
1: I think, um, uh, in a completely altruistic manner, the answer mm-hmm. is: I hope a in that scenario, a parent would take the time to read something that I wrote go forth and ask more informed better focused questions to make a decision for their family and not just take whatever sexy fun click thing that came up first on google as the answer um you know I, i won't lie and say i would hope uh that they would then i mean i wouldn't write it if i didn't think there was really something there people needed to know and take action about but, right. but it it's not my job, and I do believe in free choice, um, and you know there are exemptions for a reason. People believe what they believe, and mm-hmm. I I support you know difference in faith and beliefs, and and so uh, I never write with the goal of everyone should agree with me, um, but I do hope to be informative and that people like I said, Maybe maybe it's just that they ask better questions Mm -hmm. uh, on the back end. Or, you know, my daddy is a fireman. And (laughs) what I've always said is, yeah, my dad's a fireman. And so it's my grandpa. And when I write, I actually joke that um, I'll write something and then I'll go back and I'll see the words that I use. And I write it in a way that I want my dad (laughs) to be able to read it. Yeah. And then go to the fire department and be like, hey, did you guys know? And that, that's my actual goal. Yes. And that's what I mean by, like, people ask better questions. They're more informed. They pursue different, you know, avenues of gathering information. But, yeah, like, yeah. if I can get a bunch of firemen to sit around and be like, "Yeah, I didn't know that. Did you know that?
0: Well, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> then I've cr- done you know
1: what, what I call my quote-unquote job. <laughs>
0: Yes. you Well, and I I always, I joke to Colin once. I go, every time I read a Nicole uh, Fisher article, I feel like it should, that screen, that shot from M- NBC when we were kids, it'd be, the more you know. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that, oh my that, God, that
1: just made me the kids. happiest girl on the face of the earth. All right? Yeah, because like, that little shooting every- star rainbow came out. like <laughs> No, if I could come up with one of those, with this new YouTube channel I've started, I would literally do that because that's my goal. I'm just like, look, if I've taken the time to interview people, Dig around in data for days, literally, yeah, and then write. Right. And I make a hundred bucks. Like, look, this is not a good use of my time. Yeah. But, <laughs> right? But. So, what I've started doing is trying to embed like a two, three minute YouTube video that essentially doesn't say, hey, if you're not going to bother to read this, but is ultimately like, hey, if you're not going to bother to read this, here are the couple like key things you need to know.
2: Yes. Yeah. And these
1: things may go nowhere. But, it, to your point. Like I would I would give anything to have like that little shooting
0: star that pop up it's like the more you know.
1: Right. Yes. Like, I need like a reading rainbow
0: like yes, intro. You are, you can come and do <laughs> oh my a god more for you. Well you
1: Oh my God, you, if LeVar uh, Burton
0: ever Is like, he alive still? I, is he still alive? He's an natural treasure for that reason
1: uh, right, first of all, then you should know that he is still alive and oh, I don't fangirl over anyone. I know a lot of really cool people I'm not gonna lie. I was fan over like, LeVar Burton. Over LeVar Burton, the, oh, this is amazing. just about it, it was. <laughs> Line up your presidents. I'm cool.
0: Yeah, LeVar well, Burton did I mean... Ra- reading Rainbow. That was an amazing show. <laughs> I was a fan of it. He was also Jordy or LaForge in the Star Trek New Generation. He, you show I you saw his ability. It's it's he it was a show Star Trek. You don't know Star Trek, Nicole. With, Captain you know, jean Luke Picard. Anyway, right, I'm,
1: I'm gonna tell my you nerd a really side. no. I'm gonna tell you a really really dumb, hopefully like less than sixty second story. And I met a person. We'll just say that. <clears throat> and he and his wife were very kind, and we talked about their nonprofit. And one of my friends pulled me aside and said, "Do you know who that is?" And I was like, "No," but they're super nice and they really care about global health. And they said, "Oh, his dad started." It must have been the, maybe, no, it was Star Trek. Yeah, it was Star Trek.
2: What? And I was
1: like, oh, great. And I went back into the room. I was talking to their son. And we were all playing. Anyway, playing with all the kids. And I mentioned uh, something about, like, Princess Leia, whatever. All I know is the conversation rolled. No, the conversation rolled right on. No one told me. That night, like, as I was leaving, the host of the event was like, by the way, that was like the most adorable conversation ever. i was like, what do you mean? And they're like, that Star Wars that you were talking about. <laughs> His dad started Star Trek, and I was like, Trek. what's the difference? And he was like, yeah. He was like, go home and Google. It's. It, he goes, just let you know. I just want to let you know yeah. that everyone yeah. here thought it was so cute, and I was like, oh fuck. And we remember getting my list and being like, oh fuck, what did I do? <laughs> And then I Googled and then I realized what an asshole I am.
0: Well, you know what it's like. Yeah, listen, you I have put my foot in my mouth with literally with you around when I said called you a shoe head <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? We yeah. still
1: use it. It's only been a month, but we still use it.
0: Oh great. I'm glad I could be a meme in your household. I appreciate that. For those who don't know, know, because no one will, uh, we when we were shooting the episode, we we're at on a stage, we we're having a burger and we we're talking about all the things that you got going on. And one of them that I find in- interesting was that you are not interesting, I just I like people who have interests. So we we're talking about one of your interests and it was your shoe game, right? And you had I don't know that day. Maybe some Air Force Ones you're rocking. I don't know. They look cool. They're pink. I remember. They're just very like <laughs> they look just like right on. I was like, okay, yeah, thank you. That's and I go well. It's because you're a shoehead. <laughs> that for anybody who does not know, it that is not the correct term for someone who's it is a sneakerhead. Is that right? Am I getting that term correct?
1: It it is. I mean,
0: okay. I wouldn't even say the community wall, but at me, but yes.
1: Yeah. No the funniest part by far is that, and I don't know how y'all like film in terms of like what you had a couple cameras going, so I don't know how it works. Right. To me, the funniest part was I was just confused. Like I didn't know what to do with shoe head. Right. And then Levy, <laughs> I thought Levy was like the camera and he, he, he put it down and was like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Um. You
2: didn't,
1: and then I couldn't control it. And then I was like, oh, my God. He has no idea what he's talking about. This, this to me, oh, my gosh. This is a perfect segue. This is like me singing that Star Wars and Star Trek are the same thing. It was
3: adorable.
0: Exactly. It's exactly why I brought it up. So I thought to myself, well, you know, at least we both share in, you know, saying at least, at least your friend told you afterwards it was cute. I got shit. Levy to this day won't let it down. We shot a podcast just the other day. Oh, and we spent a I'm decent amount sure of time.
2: pretty sure cute.
0: Oh,
3: it
0: was, was like,
1: me. no, it was no, not cute. I, cute no. was the word that was used for like, oh my God, you just made an asshole out of yourself. <laughs> We're going to remember this forever.
0: <laughs>
2: it was cute. adorable because yes. it's so funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, listen, I don't, I don't present to to be the smartest guy in the room. So I definitely proved that uh, true that day. But, you know, it does, uh, it does segue into that you are you you are multifaceted. You have many interests. Uh, being a sneakerhead is one, but actually something that we got to talk about a little bit that I didn't know. I forgot. You're you are a big Game of Thrones fan. So what has filled oh the void? God. What has filled the void for you in terms of when you allow yourself ah. a minute to watch something, or do you? Are you just post? You know, kind of like distressed. Of, mm. Man, I have no Targaryen drama to worry about. We're, we don't need to get into the what your thoughts were because that's on the episode. But what have, what what has filled the void, the Game of Thrones void, or so has it? So <laughs> I will be
1: honest. Yeah, it. I I miss it. Uh, I miss the suspension. So I was super. I think it's fair to say, like most people, I think I was super disappointed in the yeah. last few episodes. But that anticipation because I didn't. I don't watch TV, and so I didn't live in a space where I really like looked forward to one thing. You know, like you're a kid, but like, yeah. one time, and you right. sit down, and dinner's done, and we had that space where we were just like, "Oh my gosh!" That to me was, in its own nostalgic way, really fun. Whereas uh, I have seen Stranger Things, that's a good show, but we binged. Yeah, but yes. we binged. On, it came out right at the 4th of July, which is super smart, right? Because they built it around the 4th of July. But, like, on the 4th, we – it was storming. It was just crazy in D.C. And so we watched, like, the whole season in a day. And oh, so that, like, wow. build up of anticipation, I missed that. So um, I've not filled it with a show. I have read a couple books. One good, one not. Yeah. But um it yeah, I've been trying to fill it with with work and then to yeah. be honest, uh, for the first time in my life I've really been playing nurse the last couple
2: Oh that's weeks. right. We
1: have a we have a torn Achilles in the house
0: with not yours. Uh, I not did yours.
1: No, not mine, but I did uh, we put on the movie Troy. It's really yeah. interesting.
0: That's good. Yeah. I've heard I'm pro like Brad Pitt. One. Okay, yeah. Well, Brad Pitt works yeah. in my household too. So don't worry. It's it's uh, you No know,
1: you didn't know this. I'm going to tell you something really weird. No one in the podcast world cares, but Brad Pitt and I went to the same elementary school, high school, and college, and his parents and my parents lived just a couple
0: blocks from each other. Is that right? I did not know yeah. that. What? Well, that's right. You're from Louisiana, and he's a Louisiana native, right? That's where you grew up, right? Louisiana. No.
1: So, no. I was born in Louisiana, but I ended up um, doing- Moving to Missouri. Um, yeah, moving to Missouri and Springfield, Missouri.
2: Oh,
1: uh, so is that where he's to, from? Yeah, we both went I to uh, Kickapoo.
0: Oh, yeah. be darned. I know Brad Pitt was a Missourian. I thought, because he has like yeah, his. Yeah, and he
1: went to Missoula. And I went to Missoula. We both went to
0: Missoula Well, there we go. That mm-hmm. is learning something new in the podcast world. So you get you get out of college. Like, what did you go to college for? What was your initial intent? Because you, 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 you used to be in. I don't say, you said policy, not politics, but you were in government. So was that where you went out of college with your Mm. life kind of future focus? No,
1: no. So actually undergrad, I was uh, biology and psychology, double major. I thought I was going to be the world's greatest neuroscientist, like a neurosurgeon, actually. And then right before I graduated, pre-med, all that stuff, I panicked. And I was like, oh, my gosh, and mind you, this is, like, right at the start of 2000s and, like, height of, like, pharma reps and all that. And I just thought, oh, oh no, I, I'm going to end up spending the rest of my life writing prescriptions. And I was, like, re, really, like, really honest with myself. And I was like, I'm good at chemistry. I'm good at whatever. I was like, I'm not going to be the best surgeon. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to end up in the middle of, like, some medical school class. And I'm going to end up going to like some crappy hospital and just like write prescriptions all day. Yeah. I panicked and I decided not to go to medical school. And I uh, had gotten into the University of Chicago and, um, mind you, no one in my family had ever gone to college before me. So I just kind of like made it up. Like literally, I sort of like made it up as I went along. (laughs) And I moved when I graduated college, um, I had asked the University of Chicago and transferred over into uh, a Master's of Public Policy, Wow. and I moved right from the zoo, like out of my sorority house, straight to Chicago. and no one in my family had ever gone to college, so no one really knew how the schedule worked. And so I just kind of said, like, "Hey guys, I have to go. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> and
3: so I
2: straight
1: yeah. so I moved straight to Chicago and i worked at the center for neuroscience and um yeah just uh did public policy worked with the minority center which i can't lie was the coolest time because um i i went for policy my goal was if i'm not going to change the future of brains I at least want to like change the healthcare system, and to change the system, I gotta change the policy and all the rules and you know regulations around it. Uh, I took a job at the Minority Center because I was interested. Uh, They needed a research assistant, but beyond that, um, at the time, there was this woman, and she was sort of quote unquote running the Minority Center, but her name was Michelle Obama, and Michelle. Yeah, ended up I ended up never working with her because that would have been oh six, I, uh, I can't remember, yeah. and oh five, yes. So there was this thing, and then they were like, you know, there was Senate, and then they were sort of running for first lady and president, right. and
2: <laughs> right, that yeah. whole
1: job, <laughs> um, that was the whole thing. But I will tell you, it was one hell of a time to. First of all, move, you know, to a major city, but second, to go to a great school, be in a school of public policy with a healthcare focus, and then work in the Center for Neuroscience and the Minority Center with people who were super political. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, you know, when I got, when I even started my master's degree, University of Chicago would probably regret me ever saying this out loud, but hey, you know, i I honestly went to UChicago and couldn't tell you the difference between politics and policy <laughs> and <laughs> had no idea how D.C. worked. I just knew I wanted to change stuff. Yes. Um, by the time I Ms. left. Miss Fisher though, goes
0: to Washington. <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm like yeah. one of those.
1: So, see, it's one of those, like, I need the star, the shooting star. I'm like the, the bill on Capitol Hill. I'm like, I'll take him on the tour. Anyway, um. It was so much fun, and yet I hated so much of it, but it taught me a lot because in real time, I got to see people, academics who were dedicated to changing policy, the rules, the regulations, how we help people, how we don't, and in the exact same time frame, see the overlapping structures of politics. And the meetings and the talking points. And so for me it was just this you know, so that is a compliment to you, Chicago. I yeah. <laughs> they took me yeah. and I knew nothing. So yeah, I came out the back end and knew a little. Um, but it was really <laughs> incredible to see stuff in action that I couldn't even speak to before. But right. I'll say a lot of it had nothing to do with the classes at all. Right? It was it was seeing things in motion and watching this the hands-on watching this ascension of a person in real time and the staff around them and you know technically both being professors at U Chicago and working in and around one of their groups like it was just an incredible time and that's when I thought you know I found my space um, but I want to have impact outside of a university or right. a one particular state or and so that was when I really started focusing on global. And actually I will say also U Chicago is um, I have been out of the country, but my master's degree was the first time uh, someone from the emergency department had started a study in India. And was like, Ooh, Hey, that's right. How do you feel about going to India <laughs> by yourself?
0: Yeah. For a few weeks. Yeah. And I thought, That's a normal thing right <laughs>
1: right. I, I was like, cool, great. When do I leave? Um and, and then I was hooked. I was yeah. definitely hooked. Fast forward a few years later, uh, India, Nepal, Bangladesh became my hub. Um yeah, I went to government when, and
0: when you when you look so. at the when you look at the um uh, the challenges facing just from a broad world perspective in healthcare, what what is, the, you know, because, I mean, we're, we're faced with so much nowadays in terms of information and technology and then, you know, throw in their anti-vaccination and, um, you know, candidates for the 2020 Democratic, you know, primary that can't seem to figure out, you know, whether, I mean, they think, it, like you said before, yes, it's basic human right, which I think, obviously, I believe and I think you do too, but I figured maybe we're able to have other conversations around that as well. But when you look at all the chatter that's going on and there's so much. You mentioned it earlier the way the rest of the world the outside the America bubble What what is facing the the global sort of you know, like the world population in terms of what is the most pressing? Uh, healthcare care related issue or health related issue is it strictly just basic level mm-hmm. of life needs is it access to more medicine? Or is it lack of you know brain drain kind of thing where you know the best and the brightest leave for you know, you know the Americas, or, or you know, what, what faces the world at large that we just don't see? Because it will affect us, right? I mean, it, there's no way oh, though, that yeah. those things don't affect us, even in our bubbles.
1: Oh, sure. Um, I mean, well, to the earlier, you know, conversation point about, you specifically mentioned North Korea, right? Someone gets on a plane, and people do leaks. We've had defectors who, we've yeah. had military personnel leave North Korea full of bullet wounds yeah, you know fall yeah. into south korea
2: or and, auto and or, we, or whatever yeah mm-hmm.
1: oh my goodness right and then all of a sudden we see what the state of someone looks like who lives in that country and um you know so they will leave people leave people travel people migrate it's what we do we're humans um that's not going to change right. uh so the gl- biggest global health you know that's <laughs> like impossible to answer well but,
0: there's so many but yeah i know what you i know right. it's what, tough I, for you to what i would
1: say is we're at a very every point in history is unique in its own way but i would say we're at a very unique point in history where the haves and the have not that chasm is growing really wide and Things that we, if if there's one thing we could do, because I I can't just say, the way you framed it, you know, like health is a human right. Like it, the way different people in different countries define that, that's a statement that I think is really complicated. Mm.
0: Um, now, because of cultural that, differences, or why
1: culture, would that? Be? What? So oof, this is a whole <laughs> can of worms. But you know, here in the U.S., we look at Anything and everything. And this is why I've always said a Canadian system or we it's not just Canadian system, but we always point to Canada for
2: whatever reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right. You
1: know, and I said it'll be generations before Americans embrace it. And one of the reasons is I don't have I don't have children yet, but I know lots of people who do. (laughs) And I can tell you if I was sick, my daddy, um, you know, you included, think I mean, think about yourself, right? If something happened to me or one of your children, and your daughter was sick, you and you showed up to the hospital, and they were like, come back in two months. You'd say, there's no fucking way. Yeah. We're going to talk about this right now, right? And, you know, I have friends who have grown up in the U.S., live in Canada, and one of them, you know, had ovarian cysts, and her and her husband couldn't get pregnant, and they had twins, and there were all kinds of complications. And they literally, at one point, told her to come back six months later. Wow. And she was so angry and she's a PhD in neuroscience, right? And she was like, fuck this. Yeah. And so that sort of system where everything is provided and not, and everything isn't provided. Actually, that is a real system of rationing, which is why you can't have it now and you can't have the best. You can have what we have and you can come back and get it when it's available.
2: Right. In six months. Yeah. That
1: is not an American way of thinking about things. And so, for me that's why i say like when people say like access to this thing is a right what is that thing because the people who live in like rural north dakota what they have access to in real time is not at all what someone in downtown manhattan or la has access to so which one is the right you know, it's a really yes. complicated conversation yeah whose
0: right is more so. important whose right isn't or- When it becomes convenient in other words, then yes, it's all right.
1: Exactly. So it's a really complicated conversation in the U.S. But then to your question, you scale it up globally. And what I would say is in many ways, we are going to be outpaced by the have-nots. And I welcome that. And I think technology is going to do... Absolutely remarkable things for the world. Also terrifying, but you look at like earlier image in India, right? India, China, Brazil, you know, nerdy places. They didn't build the four walled hospitals that we did where you go, you call, you schedule an appointment, you take your kid, you get in line, you wait in the waiting room for half an hour, you talk to someone, and then they give you permission to go talk to someone else and you schedule that appointment and you, it doesn't work like that (laughs) other places. So what we're seeing is places like India, right? China, a billion and a half people. They don't have these, they do have hospitals, but they don't have these four walled buildings. You go to for every little thing and you wait and then you get a piece of paper and they refer you to someone else and you take your paper to that person. And like they're skipping over all that. Um, and we're seeing things like Turkey, of all places, uh, the Congo. Actually, yeah. speaking of like Ebola, you know, places where you particularly have like one major city. Think of it like a hub and spokes. So the okay. University of Istanbul, or uh, Kinshasa, which is the capital of the Congo, you have a very major metropolitan area. You have brilliant brilliant people, lots of doctors, lots of hospitals, or and or a, a major hospital system. If you can do something really well there, and they branch out, everything they learn and do, um, some of those doctors go visit clinics way out, right?
2: Yeah, they teach it's decentralized.
1: The exactly. They use the same equipment. They you know go through the same checklists. That sort of hub-spoke mentality, um, it's really showing itself in lots of cool ways. Uh, and those local caregivers, I mean, around the world, I don't care what you call them, nurses, community, community provider, you know, whatever, those people that, like, work in the community. They're everything. Absolutely everything. Um
2: because they're providing right, I
0: think, in different ways too, right? Like there's not only the healthcare, yeah. but I imagine there's a lot of learning and in going on, invite you know involved in that, that those scenarios, a lot of teaching, right? Um, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And that's, I actually think at the end of the day we have as much to learn from them as they do from us. And I would argue yeah, that the really, learning is different. Right? The learning is different. We have better technologies that we can disseminate, but here certain technologies can take us from seven to eight. There it can go from two
0: to eight. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, they can and, bypass all that.
1: Yeah, and, and they don't have our system, right? They don't have these.
0: And that's the why bureaucracy I examples, and the, the four-walled
1: yeah. hospital system, yes. right? Okay. They don't have mm-hmm. that. It's like, oh, we have a clinic. We can put this technology in it. All of a sudden, babies aren't hooked up to generators, and if the generator dies, oh well, you know. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, there's all kinds of new things that just do exponentially better work so um but think of all the stuff they're going to learn and are learning and doing and think of all the places like i mean look at haiti haiti is a good example of like chaos pure chaos political chaos (laughs) yeah absolute chaos right nepal is a good place to look Mm -hmm. right i mean ministries of things don't exist they fall apart and earthquake happens and everything you know. Goes away and we they are two hours south of miami on a flight right we can take them equipment we can take things and they get so creative they get creative in ways that they can run an entire NICU off of a couple generators and some you know volunteers yeah. and for us it's like crazy red yeah. tape and you know in a week from now we can get this person to do this and Maybe someone will pay for that. Um, So again, I'm not an advocate for any one system or against any other. It's more just what we can all learn from each other is remarkable, and I think that's the point. And so, like, you know, why do I write? Why do I do talks? Why do I travel? And why am I starting this stupid little YouTube thing? It's you know, the more information people have, the more examples, the more, even if they say, "I hate that. That's terrible," right? It's still a data point to make a more informed decision and you never know when one creative person is going to say this is so inefficient why not try
2: this right right well and that's the
1: thing that always changes the world it's never the crazy 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 thing it's always the like holy shit that was so obvious yes why did we not do this now the uptake is going to be global because it's so easily integrated design wise into our entire like system of being yeah it, it, it's
0: what it what lie it's it's what lied on the other end of your flight with us in old the old green plane right like it was this sense that like oh, dear. Okay, he's holding he's holding this wrench from IKEA and that's what he's fixing the plane with surely he can't be this isn't gonna be safe but then you realize that not only is he a Great pilot, but no those are those were you know screwed to something else evidently that wasn't the the wing But what I'm saying is that uh, that 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 wing. It's
2: usually, That's it's just,
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's just on the other side of your ignorance or your just lack of awareness <laughs> It's usually just on the other side of that and if you're willing to just step through so and you know an uh, anti-vaxxer uh, person who's in the middle of you know, Los Angeles or Beverly Hills It's it's, it's certain that all the articles they're reading are are right and correct But their friend who they have not listened to or talked to in the next last six months because they don't believe what they do maybe just have a coffee or Listen and read or excuse me read your four-part series that's going to come out about it and then just have an open mind just to see what lies on the other side It goes back Nicole to what you said first you are a curious individual, and I don't think curiosity is cultivated or resourcefulness is cultivated in a way that if, if you just don't have it, you're screwed, right? And because you're you're proving to me in these <laughs> examples, not only yourself but in other examples of you know if lands far away from ours here in in America, where people are doing are fixing and saving lives with well an IKEA, <laughs> you know. Uh, By the
1: right. way, I just want to say if if you're not paid really well. To bring things like full circle,
0: uh. I don't know who told you, oh, but
1: you God. need to like up the ante because that was beautiful.
0: Well, thank you. Now, now, who's uncomfortable? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I but you're, you're
1: exactly kidding. right. People just, yeah. and you know, I, and I'm guilty of this too. We we live in our own space, and all of us can only see as far as we push ourselves, yeah. and that to me is the brightening place we're in.
0: It is, but culturally,
1: also, as a society, and globally, every, like we're not pushing ourselves.
0: No, it's it's well. You saw uh, Megan Rapino uh, Rapino. I can. She's the uh, you know Rapinoe. from the U.S. wins. Yeah, Rapino. You wrote an article which I want to get into because it's something that I obviously has sports background and very. I tweeted uh, at you the other day uh-huh. about a catcher, but she. Are going to go into
1: sports? Oh, yeah, no. I know. You okay. weren't going
0: to get out of it. We got, I got you for 10 more minutes. <laughs> I okay. managing my time properly. Oh, I uh, really
1: thought I was going to dodge
0: sports. Okay. Yep. We won't get into okay. the nitty-gritty of the NFL stuff. I'm going to keep it simple and top-level. Good. Levels. I have just a basic question. But what I was going to say is yeah. she mentioned, she brought up this exact thing today um, in, 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 or yesterday in the ticker tape parade in New York, which was oh, uh, okay. if if we just – if, because yes, there's a lot of uh, a lack of awareness call it ignorance call it just you know co- uh, Cognitive uh, you know dissonance whatever you want to call it there There's a lack of just you know willing to listen to someone on the opposite side of you and I think What your example gives me hope about when it comes to these things because when I read your article about microbes, you know, sur- microbial resistant, you know, that's gonna kill 5 to 12 million people or whatever the number was my Charlene anxiety, that's my mom, uh, comes out in me very, very strongly. <laughs> so I need the the Nicole Fishers of the world to do this heavy lifting, to find out what the truth, not the truth, but well, where just what is the information behind all of this. And I think that's a great, great, because it is. It's exactly I what you're saying. Other side. Yeah. But I appreciate that. But
1: I do want to point out one thing, and this is not to be a negative Nancy or negative mm. Nicole. Because it kind of
2: works.
1: Well. Yeah, but- it does work, yeah. So, like, I'm super, oh my gosh, like, I have been so excited about the Women's World Cup, and obviously I wrote about it, and um, Brandy Chastain, and some of the great things that are happening Without amongst that. retired women's players, right? And what they're doing for medical research which is just awesome. But, so, like, the Megan Rapino thing, you know, that actually is a really interesting example to me that you just brought up. Because I actually feel some type of way about it. <laughs> and Good. there is Let's
0: get into it.
1: Yes. I feel some type of way about this is because I'm a huge fan. And I just couldn't be more excited, more supportive, like I'm your you know, I'm your cheerleader, I'm here.
2: Yeah.
1: And lastly, she said something that really disappointed me. And really? it may have been taken out of context. Yeah. And so I, I actually poked around a little. Um, it's really ironic that you bring this up, but it irritated me and I hope it was out of context. And it came out, right, when she said she wasn't going to go to the White House. I'm like, cool, right? Like, I have that support. But it was the following, it was the subsequent comment. There was something about, I won't meet with this president because of his beliefs, but I will meet with people like, and then she listed people that she would meet with. And to me, it gave me pause for the exact reason that you just said. And I thought, well, shit. Like, mm. you should be talking to the president. Why? Yes. Because y'all don't agree. Great don't get me boy. wrong. When I heard Kim Kardashian was going to the White House, I was like, uh, <laughs> well, she's why? she's a lawyer.
0: Right? She's a lawyer. Sorry. <laughs> she's <yeah. laughs>
1: she's going to be a lawyer. Gonna gonna she be. doesn't need to take classes. She just needs to
2: study. Be You know, hey, great. I'm you happy can,
1: for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Good on you. Like, yeah, I, I'll never hate on anybody who hustles and and gets their stuff done, but exactly, I was really bummed, right? And so to see someone that I thought, why is this person there?
0: And it's I a little hypocritical, critical, right?
1: Right. Like, a lot of administrations would be like, why is this person in the White House? Yeah. At the same <laughs> time, to hear someone say, "I won't go as part of my team," you know, fine, I understand. I actually totally support it. It's freedom of speech. Um, But then to hear the the follow-up, that subsequent point of, I won't talk to this person because we don't agree, but I will talk to people that I know agree with me. That was, for me, the moment where I was like, whoa, that
2: sucks because
1: you're not going to change their mind. And I know that it's nice to have advocates and it's nice to have supporters. We all want them. Our brains can't help it. We <laughs> gravitate towards people who, you know, we get along with and believe yep. in, and 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 think like we do. At the same time, if you want to really affect change, talk to the people you don't agree with. Tell right. them face to face in a respectful way why you disagree, and give them reasons. And if they don't change their mind, cool. You're no worse yeah. off than where you started. But what if, you know, the president walked out of that meeting and said, I didn't know this. Right. And now I do.
0: Right. So, the inequality, so me, the pay. Yeah, go
1: ahead. Yeah. So, yeah. Whether it's, it's pay, whether it's, you know, access to things, whether, it's, mm-hmm. you know, pick your inequality, the justice system in particular, mm-hmm. we're seeing, all. Yep. finally, we're starting to see a lot of movement, you know, gay rights, all kinds of things. We're seeing movement. So I just I, I I really get I I pause when I hear, especially in those spaces that we're making progress. I hear people say, "But I won't talk to," and that comes from both sides. It, it, and to me, to everything we've talked about today, it was, you should talk. You should. Yeah, that's right. the key. Yeah.
0: Yes, you should get up in the plane. You should. Yeah, a- ask for your box. Get up
1: in the plane. Ask for your part. Holy shit.
0: Plane. That's what you
1: need to do. You need to get them, the two of them on a plane and just be like, look, Megan, yeah.
0: hey, you got um, idea, Nicole,
1: guys, you can it. figure it out.
0: Well, it speaks to, every, like you said, everything that we've been talking about. And it would be, you know, it's funny, what it speaks to me is that usually these are, well, they strike me on some level as like-minded people, right? Just people who have strong thoughts. You could argue that the president's basis for his strong thoughts are... <laughs> <laughs> His own. But I and Megan's I think is, is is steeped in, you know, years of playing a sport uh that plays second fiddle in the case, you know, for instance, just most easily with the men's team, so play second fiddle to a men's team that frankly shouldn't. You know, in terms of what both have done on the world it's not even comparable. The US women's team has won, you know, you not- won three three World Cups now, four. Right. Uh, four. Yeah, four. four. Yeah, they're fourth star. Oh. That's right.
1: Yeah. But you also have to look globally and mm-hmm. say and I'm not giving our men credit they don't deserve, <laughs> but um, please, uh, yeah. you know, yay! I'm, I mean, I'm pro America, anything. But right. yeah, you know, when you look at one, um, and but this, this to me is no different than the NBA, the WNBA, and, and any other um, yeah. you know, sport where we're struggling with equality of gender or sex, you know, how we frame it. But um, it's you know, you look at one, and it brings in billions of dollars.
2: Yes, right.
1: And then its counter, the female version, as we we frame it, only brings in like 180 million, right? And yeah. so, do I think there should be equal pay? Of course I do. Um, I've been on the receiving end of unequal pay before in yeah. my life yeah. a few times. Yeah. At the same time, I, you know, you've got it again. I always try and take that bigger step back and say, do I think we deserve equal pay? Of course we do. It shouldn't even be a discussion point. It's insulting. It's a discussion point. But if you look at the bigger picture of what we're doing, what it's speaking to is not just gender. It's speaking to the fact that we've elevated a male sport to a point where they bring billions. The women's Mm -hmm. sport doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think the NBA is actually a really, not good, good is the wrong word, but like it's a model to look to of why we ended up where we are. Mm. Because when you don't bring in, the same revenue, at least to date, they've not been taken as seriously. So, you know, my greatest hope is, at least you're seeing all the things now, like Nike saying the women's jersey was the most sold jersey in one season of any sport ever.
0: Thank right. God. Awesome. Right. Can't, and yet, Budweiser like, is pumping a right? million dollars into the right? uh, uh, so American Women's Association or whatever league. Mm-hmm.
2: The
1: way I see it is like, thank God, right, this torch, mm. we've got it, run, run right. full speed ahead, take advantage of it at every opportunity, you know, exploit it in all the right ways, right, um, at the same time, you know, like I said about insurance reform earlier, talking about the broader plan of healthcare, if we get hung up in like, well, in the past, it's been this and it's been that, anyway. We- Well, it's the past. And you know what? The Women's World Cup didn't bring in a fraction of what the Men's World Cup did. It sucks. It sucks, and it speaks to societal differences all over the world. It speaks to inequality all over the world. But we have an opportunity. So let's, you know, for all of you who want to, right? About the past, go right ahead. But let's move forward. Let's, you know what? The next bargaining agreement. There's whole new chips on the table. The next set of negotiations. So let's use that momentum. Let's take the lessons learned. They suck. But we learned as we went. You know? We we move on. Go.
0: do you yeah. well? Do you find so? For instance, your article that you wrote about uh, concussions in and around the game, the sport. One of the things that was a lot, was noteworthy to me was just your findings. And your, I know you knew this already, probably going into your research, was just on the lack of research of the effects of concussions on women athletes. Like there just wasn't much data, right? I, that was one of the points. You not at all. But, not and not at all, right? That what that struck right? me is yeah. what an obvious. Difference between the two, you know.
1: That's so. What's become the theme, I guess, of this call? Like, take a step back.
0: Yes. (laughs) Women.
1: No, but (laughs) we we make all kinds of. I mean, look at this is totally random. I know I have a couple minutes left, but like, look at even when we say women shouldn't drink during pregnancy. Okay, by that statement, I'm not encouraging women to drink during pregnancy. (laughs) What I'm saying is, in Europe. You know, women have a Guinness. They think nothing of it. Our great grandparents, our grandparents, I and mean, have you ever seen the movie Mad or the show Mad Men? Oh right? My like, God. my yeah. grandpa's like, oh my gosh, it's so similar to my life in the 50s. I'm like, oh, that explains <laughs> a lot about my aunts and uncles. Right? right.
2: Tells me right.
1: everything I need to know about my dad. No, so I'm true. kidding. But, right? Like, but we have certain data points. We make these assumptions and we make these sweeping sort of women shouldn't. Women shouldn't eat this. They shouldn't do that. They should. And that to me is just an example of we don't actually have a lot of research on what happens. Do we want women drinking alcohol and, you know, fetal alcohol? No, we don't. But are there certain foods that can be eaten? Are there certain things? We actually don't know. And when you look to broader, bigger things like Alzheimer's or, well, actually, let's just stick with Alzheimer's. It's a good one because we outlive you by almost a decade.
3: Right. So <laughs> right, right, right. That's a great point. That
1: yeah, that medications are made using male test subjects, and then all of a sudden we outlive you by ten years, and they wonder why things have different effects on us. You know, our body weight, our structure, our brains—they're different. You put women. I mean, there's very little, but a little bit of research out there about like menopause. You put a woman, wow. a woman, in an MRI machine when she's going through hot flushes and things like that, it's wild what's happening. Like our brains are, every brain is an individual brain. But we can see a lot of differences in sexes. Yeah. There's very little research. And we used to think, well, women can get pregnant. Women go through menopause. Therefore, they're not stable throughout their lives. And so we should put men in clinical trials. And that's what we've done. And I get it. It made sense in that frame. But
3: But.
2: (laughs)
1: you give us the same medication, right? Like my guy, he's, you know, what, 6'3 and 250. I'm 5'3 and, (laughs) you know, 18 pounds or whatever. Like 15. Like you give him something and me something, it's not going to go the same way. It could be a right. shot of tequila. It's not going to go the same way. Yeah, right. And these are things we yeah. know.
0: Like when you say a shot of tequila, we can all agree every doctor on earth would agree to that. But yet the medication, right? the lack of, research, and that's, that's we're like shocking. Yeah, women
1: shouldn't do this, right? But say yeah. you look at like what is taking twenty headers a day, especially right. when your brain isn't done developing until your mid twenties. What if you start playing soccer at six, seven years old and you do multiple headers a day? 10 headers a day, 20 headers a day through high school, college. What does that do? For us to assume that it's the same is just ridiculous. It's, it's it is really ridiculous. not. So, um, yeah, so I did the article on the Women's World Cup that's saying it's a great highlight of a place where these NFL, these veterans, special ops studies mm-hmm. are happening. Women's sports, like... That Venn diagram
2: yeah.
1: is so significantly lacking, and we've got some really, really great leaders uh, who are primarily women's soccer
2: who are taking yeah. the lead.
0: Yeah? yeah, it's it's good. It's refreshing. I even noticed during, well, I think it was the semi or maybe in the final, they, did, they went through a concussion protocol. Did you watch the final? You probably did. Did you have any? I, people were saying online I, that they were... They were disappointed by the discussion. Discussion. uh the. It was horrible. Article. It was okay. Yeah. That and then I immediately thought that. Wow. What a there? There you go. There's another difference that just shouldn't be. Why? Why is it just a lack of resources? A lack of access to someone who knows, or is it because screw it? They're in the final of the World Cup. You got to get out there. We yeah, need you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: No, it's the latter. It's it's mostly yeah. the latter. And I know a woman who I actually read about in her article and uh her name's Rihanna and she and she what makes Rihanna so cool is her and her identical twin sister both played professional soccer for the same team they both played for the Netherlands and so she was at the final obviously wow. cuz her team was there and she 11 years ago um suffered a concussion by a teammate in a you know a practice game
2: mm-hmm. and
1: what makes her so remarkable what well, a she's just like the greatest human ever. But B, um, to have an identical twin who does the exact same thing as you all day, every day, one of you sustains a brain injury and one of you doesn't. And then to see what happens like to her vision, to her depth perception, to her, like, we actually, it's one of those rare instances in which we had a person that we could compare to someone else who's like literally genetically identical to them. Uh, And so, you know she was there and her I won't go into it because it's not my place but the coach that put one of the Dutch women back in
2: mm-hmm. is the
1: same coach that put this woman back in
0: uh, and now she can't play at all yeah.
1: she had to retire yeah. the next season because she went uh, back in and and sustained
0: another a
2: subsequent injury yeah yeah, um, yeah. and, and so
1: for me to watch it and know that the same person made the same decision, knowing the possibility was just so disappointing to me.
0: Yeah, well, I imagine. I imagine you were you were literally, you know, screaming at it. I, I, well, I look at it like you. So the question I wanted to ask you, which will be the, we can, we can, this will be a, such a large, broad question that I know I, I you won't be able to answer it in a one fell swoop. But I'm interested to feel and hear you try, which is, uh, do should we even play sports? And that's not like me I just being like, so. wah, wah. no. And I know we should. I know you were what your answer was going to be. But so then, how do we mitigate the 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 fact that soccer would be really boring? I don't think you are out there. The research and the work that you're doing and that uh, that you're a part of. I don't think that you're. I don't. You're not at all. You're a fan. You're a huge sports fan. I don't think you're signaling to those that want to listen that hey, we should stop. That's not what I'm contending. My what it does do cuz parents like for instance there's a lot of you know Nebraska football state there are a lot of parents who are apprehensive about having their son in the case of football play football right so they're choosing other sports is this just sure. the way we'll evolve in in our sporting behavior is to sports that aren't maybe as impactful like for instance you know or do we just create better rules inside the game better processes to just manage them because they're just going to happen how do you how do you respond to that? Because it is interesting because people are met with that. Well, let's just stop playing the game. Or uh, Football is going to die or whatever. You know, people, when they get all, you know, fear-mongery, start to get into when they hear that stuff.
1: <laughs> sure. So um, football, as you're talking about it, we are talking about soccer, who's done football everywhere else because they used yes. to see yeah, yeah. way more they play in our system. Yeah, but-
3: <laughs> right.
1: But we're Americans, okay? Uh, so you know our version of football. Um, obviously, we—I work in the space a lot, and didn't mean to; it was an accident. But I ended up in the space between a joint sort of background in neuroscience and the United Nations work. Uh, next thing I knew, a lot of professional athletes and agents ended up doing global sort of. Initiatives. You look to obviously FIFA moving into the U.S. with MLS and all that, and now you look at the NFL moving uh, overseas. And yeah. so I ended up accidentally working a lot in sports. But um I think we—I think we touched on this a little bit. I know the audio went in and out while we were flying, yep. but yep. yeah, sport—it's human nature. We can't right. help it. We right. are. We like aggression. We like violence. Um, we yeah. we do. It, it, it's just who we are. We used to be gladiators. We used to joust. Yes. So when you look at that, when you look at the early versions of football, even NFL, that level of violence was so much greater uh, than we have now. And I can say youth sport in particular. Earlier I mentioned that our brains are not developed, the frontal lobes in particular, our decision making, our rationality, our emotional intelligence, those things that are really important uh, are not done until mid-20s. Wow. And so, yes, that's a really complicated space. See, I like big problems, but then you pose these questions. I'm always like, well, it depends. Yeah, let's not worry about
2: that. <laughs> um, right, right.
1: No, but, but it, because we know for a fact that seven, eight-year-old kids, their frontal lobes, their decision-making, their emotional intelligence, all those things, anger management, those are not developed. So the idea of doing two a day where they're going helmet to helmet, banging, literally, they're, you know, Physically, their frontal lobes into each other, hundred degree heat. That to me is absolute insanity.
0: Yeah, but because over time, yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, but well, but we're we're humans. We like fireworks, right. you know. Again, so how does it work? Well, you know, there's a reason. The NFL people claim whether it's because of you know Colin Kaepernick, whether it's because of Racial issues, whether it's just because of concussions and violence—pick your, you know, reason. People claim they don't watch; they're going to boycott. It's bullshit. Yeah. The numbers go up every Sunday, and I'm actually—I've been working on a piece for the upcoming season called "Sunday Sinners," and it's really about people lie. People lie. They say (laughs) they don't; they're going to boycott because of this. They're going to boycott. They're not going to watch because of that. It's a lie. They also say they're going to church. And church rosters show that only like a fourth of people who say they go every week actually go. So people lie. <laughs> We're Sunday sinners. We don't go to church. We stay at home and watch football. But, you know, so it's really, I think, silly for anyone to say it's going to go away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think it's going to go away. It's going to evolve. We, we, I mean, look at something as simple as people used to wear it. That is short shorts. So like Larry Bird, like Magic yeah. Johnson shorts. Right?
2: five,
0: like, yeah. and then, you know, they, were was,
2: low. they died for the fat five. Yeah, they, <laughs>
0: they did. Covered like up. <laughs> I know. Thank, you. A, Thank you. a little too much hilarious. A little
1: too much hilarious. But, yeah. right? It's not too much dye. I didn't need all that thigh. Not that much man thigh. But, yeah, yeah. right, so it evolved. We evolved, whether it's clothing or how, you know, so that, like, people look to helmets. They look to mouth guards. They look to, none of those are actually the answer because a helmet is, it goes on your skull. It keeps your skull from fracturing, cracking, breaking. Awesome. You know, that's a really great quality. Yeah. <laughs> your skull your skull didn't break. Like, success. Yes. Your brain still rattles around inside. So a helmet, I'm not saying it does nothing, but anyone who claims a mouth guard, a chin guard, a helmet stops like a concussion or a brain injury, they're lying to you. They don't. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Uh, they stop your skull from fracturing.
2: Right. right.
1: That's a really valid use. But <laughs> so, you know, when you look at sports, it's going to evolve. You know, people are saying um, soccer shouldn't have headers. They're saying the NFL should move to more rugby style because people right. innately look up and hit shoulder to shoulder if
0: yeah. you don't have a helmet on.
1: So, as opposed to going to helmet helmet. Uh, so, there's lots of things that are already being proposed. Uh, for me, my biggest. The point is really that age difference. Uh, if yeah. you're a 22-year-old grown man, you go do what you want. I don't care. I mean, I do care, but I'm going to let you make your choice. Right. <laughs> if you're an 8-year-old, an uh, I do think there should be rules, but I think they should be based around science, and they should be based around health and um, soccer all these things. I don't think they're going anywhere. FIFA and yeah. soccer in particular.
2: Oh, it gosh, is on a an scale avenue.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's an avenue for so much to your, you know, your point earlier, women's empowerment. I mean, I would say yeah. soccer can do so much for things like microfinance, um, yeah, you know, women's yeah. small businesses, right? Like, yeah, sport is a form of diplomacy to me. Mm. We it's just, well, I think everyone speaks sport. It's a universal yes. language. No two people have to speak the same language to play a game, play right. sport. Like, I really do believe sport. And, and cool. it's the same with healthcare, right? Yeah. A house, water, food. You can eat different kinds of food. It's still food. It, it, it's the same.
2: Yeah,
1: You don't have to speak the same language to share a meal and yeah. to get sustenance. So,
2: yeah.
1: I think... You know all these games we play now. Oh, go on! None of them are going to die because of concussions. At The same yeah. time, you're, they're going to have to evolve. I mean, they have to.
0: Yeah. Well, and that—that's a listen. If there's anybody out there on the front lines, uh, or if there's anyone better that's out there on the front lines, I—I I wouldn't know. Them. You're, you're, uh, you're paying attention to the things that are uh, at least creating conversations, and I think mm. that's. To the point of what this is all about, right? Is that your curiosity, uh, your desire to learn? Uh, I have uh, always enjoyed uh, reading, but I this was fun, Nicole. I appreciate Wait, you. Can going
1: I? So ahead. sorry. I know it's a very. I that and that can, I, can, can I like? Can, can I plug one more thing? I'm not plugging. I was
0: going no to talk about things you had going on. Uh, so definitely. Please.
1: No, this has nothing to do with me. I just oh, want to like actually. I'm
0: going to make you. <laughs> oh, well, it's
1: something I really, 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 really am excited about. And I'm excited in all the wrong ways because it's horrifying. And so I'm like, okay, I have to take this oh, on. Great. But I've been obsessing the last few months. I've been working with a couple of organizations um, after learning that bringing all these things together, healthcare, sport in particular, uh-huh. and, and, and women, uh, that the biggest driver to, and I. <sighs> There's a whole world of discussion to be had on, you know, human trafficking and what trafficking is and, and who it actually applies to. But the biggest driver to human trafficking is food and sustainability of food. And so I thought, okay, this is a space where my company and I belong, and the work we've been doing was should I shouldn't say the work we've been doing the, the partners we've been pulling together are doing remarkable work and my point in all this is there are a couple few organizations that have come together using soccer fields uh, all over the world as places to feed girls and we learned this really interesting horrific but interesting data point in india and uh, it was just a few months ago And we're now deciding, you know, what to do next. because we obviously have to pivot. But what is happening is when a family finds out that a girl plays soccer and she's given a supplement while she's there, they end up withholding a meal at home. And the whole point of giving them food while they're playing is we know they're undernourished because girls are secondary because even though they deny it, a lot of countries still have a caste system. And so... uh, This goal was to give girls more food, and it then got back to the families, like, oh, they get an extra meal a day when they go play football. So the families ended up then with holding more food to give to the boys. And so we realized, oh, look, all this good, right? Unintended consequences of Americans coming in, trying to do good somewhere else, right? right, The cultural norms are different. Uh, And we saw this in uh, Kinshasa as well, handing out, you know, bed nets people ended up putting them over their cows. Why? Because the cattle were worth, I don't want to say worth more than children, but they, you know, were life. And so all of a sudden, the bed nets were being used to the animals and not the children. So, you know, lots of unintended consequences. So anyway, um, this newest project of ours is looking at girls and sport and ways to give them food Uh, that they don't get at home and so uh we think there's a lot there and the premise is sort of uh you give them food and you give them education and they can change the future
0: because most of their mothers are are illiterate so right and right and that i from i think it was hans osling osling factfulness i read his book earlier uh this year um but it's just about you know these 10 ten data points across the world that show us that things aren't as bad off. Uh-oh. Speaking of, I have an uh, ambulance coming through, but I think what's interesting is that, you know, those base level things, right, like reading, giving access to education for girls and women creates real impact on global scales that we we just don't pay attention to because we're America. And so... Uh, yeah, going, well, and going, not a
1: knock to men, but if you, like, there's data points all over the world that show if you yeah. teach a man to read, a man can read. If You teach a right. woman to read, she Others teaches like, everyone
0: else. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But well, so there so really
1: what, is something how can,
2: there. That,
0: how can people get that involved? Community. In tell me what the this is. Tell me what the project is. There a name for it? Is there a site? Is there ways we can obviously put in the show notes so people can make sure to oh. check or access? Is there anything like that? Yeah. You know.
1: Well, uh, the main hub for me would. Uh, the health and human rights strategies, which is our yep. company,
2: and yep. uh,
1: from there we list partners and all those kinds of things. We don't have any sponsors, um, we're you know purely partnership based. Obviously, I'm pretty easy to find. I think um, between Forbes <laughs> and some yep. other places,
0: Twitter, your but, Twitter uh, game is strong. Your YouTube channel, I, you're putting yeah. some stuff out there. Yeah, I'll I'll, ha- I'll make sure everybody has links to everything in that because. Listen, I mean, uh, I learned my goal for every single one of these podcasts is to truly learn something new. And I learned a lot new today. So thank you. I hope everybody else who listens.
1: Well, I share the same goal. So really the thing that I would welcome is anyone who hears this, send a question. I don't care if you think it's silly, Like, send a question because then what we do is we we find the people who have the answers. We dig around and try and find all the different answers out there and they'll be like, Well, you know,
3: here's
1: here's what people say, here's what seems to be the norm, here's what seems a bit irrational, but you know, and then we point you to resources. So my goal is to create a space where anything you want to know about healthcare or human rights or access or just people, we'll give you the best non biased answer we can.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Nicole Fisher. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And uh, next time you're in Lincoln, you know what we're going to ask you to do. You're going to have to get up in the thank plane.
1: You. Next time okay. I'm in Lincoln.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you come out this way. <laughs> awesome.
1: I'm coming to Lincoln, but I'm only coming out for y'all.
0: I don't know well, anybody else
2: in Lincoln.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Nicole. We'll, we'll uh, talk to you.